Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower dot com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber dot com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by the other one. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I'm riding high of some fun weekend wrestling. How do you think your review is going to go down? Because the general consensus among the Wrestle Talk audience is that Raw is the worst. It's the dirt worst, and anyone who likes it is a dirt worst idiot. So, how do you think your review is going to go down today? Ah, uh, I'm curious. I think, like, I think people like it when people enjoy stuff. And I think I argued it okay enough where people would at least be like, okay, if he enjoyed it. Because I'm not saying this is why you should think it was a really good show. But you've got to remember, this is YouTube, and they won't, <laughs> they won't see the difference. I, I have faith in the SWAF Nation. <laughs> uh, I have faith in the SWAF Nation. I don't think I have faith in, in YouTube comments. In the comments. larger YouTube comments. They're a small portion. Just they really are a small portion. Vocal. Absolutely. We, we got some new... Uh, some new analytics software the other day folks mm. and we're always like you know we see those dislikes on youtube videos are really like nipple cripples yeah or a little chinese burn like, oh it's like oh you try and you you spend quite a bit of time trying to work out the ratio well not quite up. a bit of time i can look at the two oh, all, all the time it's, like, <laughs> it's a good like half your day and uh get but you, you like you look you look at okay so this video's had 95 thumbs down I'm like oh It's like 95 people have just told me didn't like that. Yeah. It's giving you a dead arm. I didn't like that enough to click a button, which is like actually quite a lot of effort, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And, uh, but, but, you know, like that video will have three, three and a half thousand thumbs up, but you don't look at those. But this new analytics software, it says like what the percentage is automatically and it gives you colors. <clears throat> so if it's in the 90s, it's green. If it's in the the eighties, it's kind of goes a, a, a little bit yellow, and then like if you're in the fifty percent where as many people press thumbs down as thumbs up, it's like a red. Mm. It's a danger zone. You don't want to be there. But yeah, we're we're pretty much ninety seven percent across the board, which made me which made me feel good. Good. Well, I'm yeah. very glad. I've I've got a renewed faith in YouTube. 
comments well, of the community. Shall we pay that good feeling forward? Yes. Because we uh, had an email in, or rather you had an email in, um, uh, asked from someone who has got a bit of a, a shout-out that they would like us to give. Yeah, so I got... They first got in touch back in June, mm -hmm. which was a while ago. Yes. And they were like, hey, we're going to Super Showdown. My friend is a real big fan uh, and, you know, he watches you consistently. Yep. Excellent wedges. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to remember to do this. So just get in touch nearer the time around Super Showdown week. <coughs> and it's this chap's birthday. So um, I would like to say, along with Luke, Happy birthday, Adam Hodge, for, for this Saturday. For October 6th. You are actually yeah. going to Super Showdown on your birthday. Uh, and it said that uh, they tried to contact WWE and the cricket ground, but they didn't get back in touch because they are dirt-worth rubbish people, but not your boys. Oh, yeah. Not your boys over at WrestleTalk. We care about the Swaff Nation. We care about your Swaff birthday. Yeah, that was from Chanel Fuldagli. 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 Fun name. Yeah. Well, a lot of people have also Fuldagli. asked us. I, I've seen this a lot on comments, asking if we're going to Super Showdown. Yeah. Do people think we're Australian? Or that we have a, a big budget. But yeah, we have been asked more about Super Showdown than Any normal other WWE <laughs> people. So they must know that we're based yeah. not, in, not in the US. Not in the US. I don't, so apparently Australian accents are quite close to English accents to the untrained ear. Well, it's because they're all criminals we sent over there yeah. back in the 1800s or whatever it was. Yeah, they're effectively our rough younger brothers <laughs> but they're they're real big they're real good fun they are, they are. They top bands <laughs> and just you know just they they just accept racism <laughs> like they that is just so in a in a prior job i used to do live sports mm -hmm. and sort of manage the transmission of live sports yeah and we would do the australian football stuff mm -hmm. which is great yeah it is just it's just a bundle it's it's like 40 people running around a massive field throwing stuff Just kicking hell at each it's other it's great it's really really fun um but it was like uh it was whatever their their, their version of national or like honoring uh, Ab aborigine people day what mm -hmm. i can't remember what the name of the day is and they got some kids out who were you know from native families and to, to just like do a thing in like a song or something in the middle of the uh, pitch at half time. And the commentators were openly making fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> openly making fun no of them. Way. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like awful, but something that you would not expect to, you know, like if you, because so much sport nowadays is, is very PR focused and yeah. image focused, that the charity segments on WWE are a prime example of that. So, like, just imagine if that happened. Imagine if the commentators started making fun of the Connors Cure kids from last week. Yeah. That would be awful. It would be the worst. Like, that's not what I'm advocating. I'm it's saying what, I just it's don't... Just, it's what you did last I'm week, I'm just Dave. saying, no, I'm saying don't break kayfabe. <laughs> I'm not making fun of the kids or their plights. I'm making fun of WWE for presenting them that way. But I cannot make that more clear. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm not on the side of evil. I'm on the side of program continuity. And but yeah, like the, yeah, they were just very open about uh, just 
make him fun. Well, make him fun. Like, she's not very good, is she? You know, then just bits like that. And I think because, like, part of my job... Are you trying to say it was like Craig Charles on Takeshi's Castle? It was essentially that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I um, I was like, shall I, you know, put up a, an apology? Because <laughs> I had the power to put up the strap that goes, apologies for that language you used. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't. We did Because <laughs> we were just like, no one's watching, hopefully. <laughs> right, well, before we crack on with the show, would you like a WrestleTalk Get Better? Always. From me. Yes. Because I did another park run this uh, weekend. So if you're uh, new to the show, um, you didn't hear last week's, so I did a, a park run where uh, it's a 5K thing. It's, a, it's sort of a national... I, I didn't even know it was really a thing. Apparently, it's been going for a number of years now. Uh, but essentially, you just go down to a park and you do a 5K run and you get timed on that and you can kind of like sort of track how well you're doing. And I did it last week and Nolly Davis more or less made fun of I my didn't time. Make fun. I and was just was unimpressed. Just massively unimpressed with the fact that I ran a 5K for, a, for the first time ever, which is quite a big achievement. It's, it's difficult to do, man. No, because you could walk it. Yeah, you but, run, yeah, but running is harder, isn't it? I don't running exerts more energy. Based on that time, I don't think you ran very much of it. I ran <laughs> pretty consistently. I only stopped to walk once, twice. Oh really? Yeah, for, twice. For like half the thing. <laughs> then you stopped to walk once. No. For four kilometers of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it again. Again I, I did have to stop and walk twice because it's hard. It's hard running 5K. Got to build it up. But uh, I actually have proper shoes this time, which certainly helps. And my time was 31.29, which is a four-minute improvement on my time last time. And that's what Get Better is all about. It's about improvement, not where you start, no matter how unimpressive that starting point is. Yeah, absolutely. It's the fact that you're improving. Yep. Well done, Luke. I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much. Uh, so let's well, have... Oh, well, I've got to get better. Have you now? Let's, uh, let's certainly have your... Let's certainly have your get better. Well, I've been famously lethargic for about three months. I've mm-hmm. done no physical exercise. Yeah. I think it's because I'm stressed about the studio move. Yes. I don't know. I'm looking for excuses. But, um, yeah, I did my first DDP yoga Oh, yes, you did. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I remember because you and I were talking about this at the Progress Show. Yeah. So, so tell me about it. Superstar. Superstar. So I didn't do it with You're DDP. You're a dead man. Or a woman. Or a woman. I, uh... I went because I, I only had 20 minutes really so I went for the 20 minute workout and the only one of 20 minutes was with this guy called Hayden mm-hmm. he must be one of their instructors yeah yeah we did a did a thing yeah. in my front room I got sweaty yeah yeah man like, you all sweat this ain't your mama's yoga no way more than normal yoga I mm-hmm. sweated it's because it's a workout. It's not like yoga. Dynamic resistance. Exactly, yeah. Well, like yoga is really all about like finding your inner center and aligning your chakras and, and whatever stuff. The stuff that was like when yoga was first invented is what it was all for is about. Not just aligning your spine, it's aligning your yourself. Um, but DDP yoga is all about, no, it's, it's a workout. Like We do yoga, but it's also a workout. So you will sweat. Yeah. I've got the, uh, the extreme DVD. Oh wow! Comes in is a, that a porno? Comes in a black case. Cool. And it's just like it just says on the back, "Warning: You will sweat." So that's uh, like it's obviously marketed. No, I've not, not taken it out. It's too scary. It's obviously marketed to blokes. Blokes. Yeah. Blokey uh, blokes. You don't want to do don't want to do that girls' yoga stuff, do you? With all the stretching and chakras. No, no, mate. I want to want to work out. I want to get bigger muscles. DDP yoga. He's a bloke, isn't he? Yeah. And there's always blokes around there, and they got they, they they align it in such a way on the DVDs where the blokes 
do the hard version of it and they have one woman there that will do like the the modification zone where it's like if you want to be you want to be a bloody woman you do the modification zone don't you but you want to be a bloke like ddp you do the man's version well i think there's more than enough female yogas out there so this is this is catered to the male market and the case in point the names i was very struck by the names mm-hmm. superstar superstar Touchdown, <laughs> which is you know these are just I can't remember their yoga names, but it's yeah they're, they're, these have well Warrior One is still used Cobra is used in DDP yep uh, Down Dog, but um yeah the the other ones that like I don't know Finn blah 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 they he has fun names yeah, he does yeah well that's like you know Dead Hulk Man. it out yeah you got to Hulk it out like Dead Man which is where you just sort of line your back that he gives that you know the term dead man because it's an undertaker thing and, and that's like, like pranyasa or something yeah and like there, there's like a there is he does a warrior pose but he calls it the road warrior nice because it's all about you know he's targeting towards wrestling fans who are going to pop for those sorts of things there's pinfall as well yeah that's it pinfall's another one yeah lying on your back yep good stuff um i tell you what i think we should probably head into the main show uh, and then actually coming out of the podcast should we we might give our thoughts on progress oh. Yes, and our, ex- and our experiences there. So we're going to be kicking off the show talking about the excellent end to the show with Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Triple H and Kane. Here's the show. Where the main event of last night, a show that I thought was very, very good. I mean, if you've already watched my four minutes review by now, which was more like six minutes or in about seven and a half minutes, then you'll know I rather liked it. Uh, but yes, this was just like the cherry on top a lovely serve of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, one of the best go-home segments WWE have done in years. Such and, a shill for WWE. And the, <laughs> I'm on the payroll. <laughs> and and that's, like, that's not as complimentary as it sounds. That's more of a damnation of how lacklustre WWE go-home shows are. But for Super Showdown this Saturday, I thought this that the main feuds, not Ronda Rousey really were absolutely terrifically built and yeah this main event angle of Kane and Undertaker appearing you get the face off you get Shawn Michaels' first proper big back bump in in you know a decade well eight years fantastic fantastic stuff yeah it was it was a really really great angle what was great about it as well was it was in its simplicity yes it was a a rambly Shawn Michaels promo and then some music lads in the ring do some moves, do your big spots, and then you leave. And it was so simple. But because all four of them are just these ginormous stars, it was, it just felt so much bigger than a rambly promo, some music, and some moves. Mm. Like, it felt so much more epic than that because it was, it was so beautifully simple. And when you build stars and when you promote stars like these larger-than-life God, you've just got to see these people have a match. Simple segments like this feel awesome. Yeah. And, and it really, and it, damning's a, a very good word to, to put it there, really, because it shows that they know how to do this. They could do it with all of their current crop of stars. They just only, they only choose to do it with their nostalgia acts. Mm. Yeah, because sure, a large part of the appeal and why this feels so big time is because of the names in the ring. Shawn Michaels coming back, Kane coming back. And you've got, you know, three decades. Someone wrote that you've got 200 years, over 200 years worth of age in that main event angle. Wow. 
with Kane, Undertaker, Triple H and Michaels. Mm -hmm. And I think a hundred years, just over a hundred years of WWE careers between them. Wow. Like, so yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's like, big. That's a lot of context that's going into this feud. And that is the largest part of this. But also, it is not overexposing these guys in the build-up. The, each player has been very tactfully deployed over about two months now because it started getting promoted at SummerSlam. So it's more like six, seven weeks uh, to this Super Showdown match for the whole build. And making these guys not on on the program every week like we get for everyone else it makes them feel special and like you said i just i wish they did that as amazing as this is it's an insular loop of four guys mm -hmm. and they're gonna go and it's not really gonna build anyone new yes uh so yeah so that that's a sour note but like the the sweet deliciousness of this is so overpowering i'm not this week, I'm not down on that. I was going to say, I mean, you compare the build that this match has had compared to Bellas and Rousey versus the Riot Squad, where for the last seven weeks, we have just seen that match already just in various different yeah. combinations. And I'm so less enthused about that match. Like, I'm not sure. I think I probably care about that match less than I do... Asuka and Naomi versus the Iconics. Whoa, come or, on. Or, yeah. I'd it's say, not that bad. No, I, I think I care about that match. I think I care about the Iconics match more. Because at least the Iconics are, in, are on home turf. They've got the advantage there. And that'll be interesting. See if they can get the same heat that Elias got. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm much less enthused about this. The, the build to this has just been so brilliant, though. Because you had that first week where it was like all the legends making their picks and the story has been spun out of that start mm. it wasn't just they did that randomly the match has almost been built off of those comments because Undertaker like Shawn Michaels promo was about how he's everyone else has picked the Undertaker I'm picking Triple H and that brought out the Undertaker who then almost challenged him to be like you know you've retired out of fear and that's now sparked Shawn Michaels to be in Triple H's corner which has sparked the Undertaker to bring Kane into his corner and that's then built to this angle. So all of this is just like played out. It makes perfect sense. And it's built very nicely to a match that I'm actually quite looking forward to this week. I'm very much yeah. looking forward to this. And I have, I, I've been saying this for weeks. This is the best built feud Absolutely, in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, they haven't really, apart from sometimes, like you said, Shawn Michaels' promos do go on a bit. And Taker's promo. Remember that Rambly promo yeah. that Taker did? Yeah. So like... <laughs> Those bits, yeah. but you don't remember those bits overall. You remember that each of those segments has not ended on that rambly no. continuation. It's ended on a big, hot moment at the end of it, like Absolutely. Taker's line or Triple H's lines. Or choke slams. Or choke slams here. Yeah, so what happened was Shawn Michaels was cutting his rambly promo and lights cut out. Well, no, lights didn't cut out, but Kane's music hit. And then he appears behind Michaels in the ring. And then Undertaker also appears after a dong the, and the dong goes out. off yeah yep. and and he's in the ring as well with him and that was like i didn't expect that to happen i kind of thought I just, it, it, it was might a just be a cane appearance yeah, yeah. uh well i thought all four guys were going to appear yeah. for this but i thought taker might appear at the top you know you've already had someone appear behind yep that was a really nice. Just, I thought it was a really nice touch. Yeah, it was. It was just a nice little tweak to how they usually do things. And that moment was was really really sweet as well. And then like they just started knocking down Michaels, 
And it's weird because the last time I think, I mean, I might be wrong on this one, so I'm, I'm ready for people to correct me in the comments. I can already feel the, their fingers getting twitchy. Yeah, they're, to do they're it. warming them they're up. Warming them up. Stretching out the index. They're, they're ready to fire up Google, find out the right answer, and then pretend they already knew the answer. They knew the answer already, <laughs> Luke. But I think... The SWAF nation are very educated. I think the last time Michaels took a bump in a WWE ring was in that angle with Daniel Bryan. That's what I was going to say, think but I, I, I wouldn't be foolish to, to <laughs> hang my hat on that in so, a YouTube yeah. video. So I think that's the last time. I might be okay. wrong. I'm willing to be wrong on that one. Um, so we don't get to see... So when Michaels took that bump and when he took the choke slam, I was like... Whoa! The choke slam was, was really was, yeah, yeah big. It, was, it was big. And it then went they, up high. They did like Triple H's music hit. Oh, I thought it was the wrong Triple H music to to pick. Rather, I'd have, you know, you wanted the game really rather than the King of Kings Durr. one. Durr. His his business yeah. theme tune. Um, well, he was in the suit though. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? So when he's in when he's yeah. in his trunks, that's when you get the game. Sometimes I did, it doesn't. There's no real consistency. Yeah. At the moment, he is. He's business he's Triple H. New, he's business Triple H. He's NXT Triple H. But that is part of the story. Yeah, yeah I, that I he sold his soul. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so Triple H runs down, and he starts like firing up on both the guys, and then the numbers advantage gets the better of him. Dual choke slams to Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and then just as Taker and Kane are leaving the ring, Taker just looks around. He's like, "No, I'm going to school him," as the Attitude Era podcast would uh, often say, and spin him up. Tombstone pile driver to Triple H, left both guys laying, left them both in the ring, just trying to like hold on to each other as Kane and Undertaker posed on the stage. I thought it was a really cool yeah. ending. It was, re- and they they promoted the heck out of this throughout the show like there wasn't um, five minutes wouldn't go by without Michael Cole reminding us that Shawn Michaels will be here later on and then Corey goes to talk about how excited he is that Shawn Michaels is going to be here they teased and teased and teased and promoted the heckins out of this and it really paid off at the end have you noticed that Cole's got a new gimmick oh no I love it when Cole gets a new gimmick so someone will say something like hey 2k19 is out next week uh, or Cole, Cole will say that like he'll say 2K19's out next week make sure you pre-order it now and then someone else will say uh, yeah it looks, it looks really good I can't wait to play it and then Michael Cole will just look into the camera and say pre-order it now <laughs> so he'll say the last line that he already said in the plug again just for emphasis and he did it with Super Showdown oh, yeah? where he was like you know it's going to be at 9am oh no no it's, it's 5am 5am for or whatever for Americans and Rene Young is like, and if you want to watch it at a normal hour, you can just go to the WWE Network and catch it there. And then Michael Cole goes, but it's also at this time <laughs> that I've already said. <laughs> it's obviously he's been told to hammer these yeah, points home. Exactly, but it's, yeah. uh, it's awful. I don't like. But th- yes, this, where were we? Shawn Michaels' hat. It stayed <laughs> on for so long. <laughs> he, he was on the floor. How did it? Like, did the band have adhesive? Well, I think he had, like... Because he was wearing, like, a little headband yeah. thing as well. I thought it was Velcro. And he was just, like, yeah, and it was just Velcro on the inside of the cowboy hat as well. Because there's no hair on that head, though. No, he's a baldy, baldy man yeah. now. Yeah. So it's it's been incremental. I think uh, before WrestleMania, he got a haircut, and that was shocking, because he's always had long hair. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Even on the top. when it was very much evident that yeah. he shouldn't. Speaking of which, old Undertaker's um, hairline's going all the way back a little bit, isn't it? We must preface this with, we are, we are nobody to say, talk. Absolutely, kids in you glass know. houses. And that. what is the difference between us talking about this to just body-shaming <laughs> female wrestlers? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not, I don't even want to broach that. I was going to say. I'm, I'm. I'm moving away from that subject. Yeah. Uh, 
you made me edit out something on the podcast. Or just, well, that was because it just came off weird and wrong. Um, but the, uh, so yeah, but like yeah, Shawn Michaels he had the haircut a little bit over WrestleMania, and now it is it is shaved off. Yeah, it's all gone, mm. and I think it looks like quite cool, really. Yeah. And, and I'll be like honest, when Taker yeah. first shaved, his yes, head, oh I was man, like, that looks awesome. Do you remember when he came down and he, it was at WrestleMania and he took the head down and he had that mohawk? I remember it was Brian Alvarez at Figure Four was like. I never thought Undertaker look, could look more intimidating yeah, than he already yeah, does. Yeah. And like that just made him look even more intimidating. And I think it's weird when I see Triple H with hair now. Yeah. I'm so used to it being flipped around and all the hairs on his the bottom half of his face. Uh, but I thought this was a, a, a really like a great killer go-home segment. And yeah. it didn't just make me excited for Super Showdown. It made me excited for the DX Brothers of Destruction match that's rumoured for Crown Jewel. And it really does look like that's where we're heading. It's, it looks like it's going to be quite a nice six-week feud. Like a, almost a limited series mm-hmm, yeah. where, where it's, it doesn't spin off in any other direction for, for new guys. But it's going to be this really cool yeah. throwback. One. It's like when they brought back... I Arrested Development got more series, didn't it? But yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just bring back something for a one-off. It's, yeah. So it's going to be yeah this Triple H Undertaker match, then the DX uh, Brothers of Destruction at Crown Jewel, and then WrestleVotes are, are claiming it's going to be Michaels versus Taker at Survivor Series. Yeah, or at the Rumble. Mm. I'll be out of, out of that bit. That's the bit I'm less excited about. Like another Michaels Taker match. I don't know. Am I less? Ex- I don't know. I think I'm pretty excited for it. But it's like yeah. I think I'm more into the idea of this tag team match because that's the build we've been getting for the last sure. like six seven weeks. I, th- I think the way to summarise my feelings towards Michael's Taker is, of course, I want to see it. <laughs> of course, I want to. I th- I've got, it's one of your favourite matches of all time. Of course, everyone wants to see it. But, like, do you need to see it? Yes. And that's the other thing. Like, of course, I want this very unhealthy stuffed crust margarita pizza. But I don't feel good afterwards. Mm. And your lady partner really does not uh, feel good about you having it either. What? What? Well, she told you off last time when you had the uh, the pizza because you yeah. weren't meant to. I did it again last time. <laughs> <laughs> Got a Domino's in. It was glorious. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and the, the, at the end of this segment, uh, Kane and Undertaker, they, they did the look back over the shoulders and raised the arms at the end. I loved this. Yeah. And I was in such a good mood throughout this roar. Uh, yeah, there was yeah, a, I, really was a lot to like about it. And, and this was just... The, the cherry on top, a real nice nostalgia moment. And WWE don't always do nostalgia right, but they very much hit a home run here. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You want to hear Michael Cole's other gimmick? Oh, please do. This might have been going already, but I've only picked up on it the last couple of weeks. He's he's, he's managed to penetrate through my Michael Cole ear blocker that I wear. Mm-hmm. What an ovation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's always but a But only for Shield members. Yeah. The Shield came out last week. What an ovation. Pe- and people were, you know... They were they were clapping, mm-hmm. but no one was really standing on their feet, and it wasn't like a huge wow. What an ovation! Well, yeah. Dean Ambrose comes out at the top of this episode. People are happy to see Dean. They're clapping. Not what an ovation, though. It's not like the glass shattering at Backlash two thousand or mm. like Mick Foley winning the title in uh, on August nineteen January nineteen ninety nine. But it was a nice reaction. I tell you what, those, it was just a normal nice reaction. I tell you reaction. what, though, Seth got a massive pop when he ran out. He was the most yeah. over the lad here. It was great. Um, so this was the, the first segment started with a bang as uh, the Raw closed. It was both really strong segments to bookend the show, uh, and it was Dean Ambrose having an in-ring interview with Charlie Caruso because heaven forbid it's Renee. Well, Renee's busy now. She's on commentary. Coach used to come down and do in-ring interviews all the time. Yeah, but Renee's not part of ESPN, How is she? How many interviewers slash broadcast commentators do you need? Well, I mean, I'll be honest. If I'm Mike Rome, I'm, I've been waiting in the wings for Renee to get that promotion because now he's going to be able to get more TV time out of it. He's not going to be dot-com exclusive anymore. I feel like Rome is drafted to SmackDown or just drafted to wherever Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are. <laughs> yeah. Because he was... He was with Randy last week. Or maybe, yeah, because it's Kayla and Rome on SmackDown. Yeah, and it's Charlie and Renee. But Renee's not doing that because she's on commentary now. It's weird because Dasha's pregnant. Oh, is she really? I think so. Oh, well, lovely. Congratulations. Lovely stuff. And Kathy Kelly's That's the nicest thing you've ever said about <laughs> Dasha. <laughs> and then you've got Kathy Kelly um, uh, on NXT. Yes. Being great. Um, so, yeah, Charlie Caruso is interviewing Dean. And she actually gets a few questions in. Mm-hmm. It's more than just hold, ask one question, hold the the mic. Yeah, but she, like, she was waiting to be Renee away. Yeah, but they were they were good questions, questions that made sense. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, Dean, 
It was a bit weird last week. It was tense. There seemed to be some brewing frustrations with you and Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. What's going on there? And then it was her who said, well, let's have a look at the recap of last week. Imagine if Dean did that. Yeah. That would have been awful, but they didn't. This was this was all good. Yeah, although Dean started getting the what treatment from this crowd, which I thought was unfair. But I thought that uh, they both did really good here because Dean was talking about, like, yeah, what they, Dogs of War said last week is true. Seth and Roman are champions. I'm not, but I was when I wasn't with them. And you know, he was talking about like uh, he was talking about like waiting for the perfect time to, yeah. to slip the knife in and things like that. And now I like this when Charlie was like, "I can't tell if you're being sarcastic." Yes, yeah. Are you, like, what are you saying here? And that really and encapsulates a bit Ambrose's character. And there's a bit where Roman did that later on as well. Yeah, like he was like, "I was like, you know, last week was really fun when we were kind of playing it, but like." Now it doesn't seem like you're kidding anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Have you worked yourself into a shield, <laughs> shield brother? So love, much love. But yeah, like Dean really is kind of anything he said could be taken either way. Yeah. And then at the end of it, he just says, "Look, judge me by my actions." And you're like, "Okay, you, you're with the shield then." But it doesn't make me any more like he has answered the question in a very enigmatic way. It just. Like he he has got his character down very very well, and his performance is insanely good. Uh, I'm so happy that he's finally. This is probably the best Dean Ambrose there's ever been in WWE. Hmm, interesting. Like, there's none of the goofy wackiness that I guess early Shield Ambrose. I was going to say yeah, early Shield the, Ambrose is the one who's neck and neck with him, and that feud with Mick Foley that never went anywhere. Dean Ambrose. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. What about um, um, Dean versus Brock? where you had the chainsaw and things like that. Don't be facetious, Luke. I was making good examples. You did make good examples. Uh, I liked as well when he said that. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. When he said, um, "Shield is not a business. Mm. It's not because he he said and I was like, maybe I've already handed my notice into the shield and I'm already done with it. But then reminds like, it's not a business. It's not a brand. It's a brotherhood, and we will always ride together. But then you're like. I d- I d- but that, what, what are you saying? But I don't that know. backfires on him. Yeah. Like that, that idea of the brother. Because then Baron Corbin comes out and says, like, I'm going to give you three options. You can either face Braun Strowman or you can face Roman for the Universal Championship or Seth for the Intercontinental Championship. And Dean was like, well, I'm going with option four. How about I face you? He Baron- never answered. And Baron's like, well, no, then you get a match against Braun Strowman. And that... Because that plays off then the line of the brotherhood. He was not—he's not, not going to fight his brothers for to steal one, steal to take one of their titles off of them. So he's going to face Braun instead. He, l- he loses that match by DQ. He gets his ass handed to him. And then later on in the night, when both of them approach, he was like, "I could have been Intercontinental Champion tonight, or mm. I could have been Universal Champion tonight." But he chose Brotherhood over that, and that—that that was, in some ways, an error. Well, I don't even think it's. That's why this is such a good storyline yeah. and Dean's character arc is. I don't even think it's that simple. He never even chose. He never mm. chose yeah, it's true. not to face either guy for the championship. That's very true. He just said, I'm going to kick your ass, Baron. Yeah. And Baron was like, well, okay, you got Braun Strowman then. But yeah, it's like that That question there is is hanging. That Does Dean want to face either man for the Intercontinental or Universal Championships? Interesting. And that yeah, was yeah. brought up later on as well. I, I'm, I'm in love with this. Uh, and for all like the, the criticisms that Dean's stale and... But, you know, this was before he came back. You know, he, he was kind of goofy Dean and it did seem like he was sleepwalking through matches sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he did have my one of my favourite storylines last year, which was heading into SummerSlam with Seth. Yeah. And now he's, he's at it again. And this is, you've got this going on along with the Triple H Undertaker stuff. 
big fan of the the Raw main event at the moment. Absolutely. And the match itself, I thought was I actually really enjoyed it. Braun yeah. was working Dean over, but then Dean did get quite a good showing him. Yeah, and he got made a really good comeback, even hit the dirty deeds for a near fall. Crowd really bought into that near yeah, fall yeah. as well. I thought it was actually a really, really nice match. Um, and so when Dean got hit with Braun's big moves after his power slam, it's because he'd run into them. It wasn't that Braun just overpowered him. He, yeah. ran, he ran into a power slam. It was, I thought it was really nice. And then as Braun lifted him up for another power slam, Roman's music hits and he comes down and he causes the DQ. So Dean, and they made a point of announcing that Braun won the match and that Dean lost because mm. that then did play into their you know their things later on their little yeah. backstage segments and you're like the, the, this was Braun wrestled this match 100% fairly mm-hmm. and both Roman and Seth run down to take out Braun like he wasn't he was just winning a match there was no real idea here of Braun going too far mm-hmm. like was there any need for Reigns and Rollins to come down and effectively cheat like cheat quite one-sidedly, uh, from 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 on Dean's behalf. I, I I think this is a fascinating story. Yeah, it really is. And afterwards, you get this backstage segment where Dean is angry in the trainer's room. He awesomely throws his ice pack at the wall and it shatters everywhere. And Seth's like, "Whoa, man! You know, we lost this battle, but we're in it for the war. We don't want you to get injured for Super Showdown this this Saturday." And you're like, "Well, you know, I." Fine. That's a good reason. Good argument. But at the same time, it w- that wasn't like you didn't need to save him at that point. Really, it wasn't that super beatdown moment yet. And and uh, Dean just like has the line of the night when he he says that he could have been Intercontinental Champion right now. Yeah. Okay. yeah he, he, he goes, off. you know, it's funny. Mm. I could be Intercontinental Champion right now. And then yeah, absolutely brilliant. And he has the same line later on with Roman. Yeah. It's just it's really, really interesting. But it, oh. the question does come is we appear to be telegraphing a Dean Heel turn, which has been, you know, the rumour since he came back that he was gonna they were gonna turn Dean Heel, which they were gonna do last year, to lead to a Dean versus Seth program at WrestleMania. And when Dean came back, everyone was just expecting him to just like, oh, we'll just pick up the pieces again and we'll do the Dean Heel turn so we could do the Dean Seth match at Mania next year. But are we almost telegraphing a Dean heel turn to the point where it's going to be someone else? Possibly. It, it's quite uncharacteristic for WWE to make a heel turn so obvious. Yeah. Uh, which is what, yeah, you would presume it swerves. And if they do swerve and Dean doesn't turn heel, you've still got all that stuff there where he talks about the Brotherhood and he, his actions have backed up that sentiment. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, I mean, if Roman turns, <laughs> that's the best option that's yeah. the best storyline for this and it ties in so beautifully with Dean's character as mm. well because one of the things I really liked about the original split of the shield was that it wasn't just that Seth Rollins broke up the shield he broke up a brotherhood like they were best friends they were brothers they would travel together they did everything together and Seth threw that away to go join someone else so if someone else stabs Dean in the back again when he's sticking through thick and thin with this group not having a title not doing this not doing that it's just going to be so much more fuel for his fire mm. you're making me think of the moment when Seth hit Roman with the and it's, it's yeah. Dean's, Dean's look. face it's Dean's, Dean's face yeah. yeah it's not Roman's terrible selling of it it's Dean's <laughs> it's Dean's face Do you, you know what's peculiar about this what's that mate and Dean's character right now you know he's this badass who's got a big chip on his shoulder but he's he's sticking to it and he's a baby face 
and the the commentators are kind of presenting him as a baby face at the moment. They're being on his side, understanding his plight. The crowd are very much behind him. Similar to Becky Lynch. It is indeed. But Becky Lynch, the commentators aren't on. No, because she's a heel. Yeah, and yeah. Because because Dean's a baby face. It's a shame. Like, if they just treated Becky the same way coming out that Charlotte storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been a much, much more effective. And we've got a hype package for Becky versus Shallow later on, which again, very much positioned. Oh, oh hello. The light's, light's gone. Just, light's gone. Oh. Uh, which very much positioned uh, Becky. Studio as is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here soon. Yeah, um, hopefully this week, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, which, yeah, which positioned Becky as the heel. Baron then came down and said, we're getting Seth and Drew versus Roman and Dolph. Uh, so it's, no, Seth versus Drew later on and Roman versus Dolph right now. And then Ziggler... Uh, McIntyre and Strowman did their silly rah thing at the top. I really dumb. wish they'd stopped doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get Roman Reigns versus Dolph Ziggler, and that Roman suddenly made it a title match. Yeah, I like this. I thought this was a really nice touch. Yeah. Roman was just like, I'm a fighting champion, big dog, handed the title over, and it's like, put it up, and they're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a title match. This, mm. this is going to be really good because Roman, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to win the belt off of Brock so that he could defend the title on house shows and, and live events and whatnot and then baron comes out old stinky baron corbin and was like no roman you don't get to decide when this isn't your show this is my show title isn't on the line because you're going to defend that at crown jewel that then gives roman the out of why aren't you defending the title yeah. on raw every week like you said you would do and the crown jewel reasoning makes sense why baron didn't make it a title match so dolph could win it off of roman yeah because ziggler's kind of in cahoots with the heels uh, this is a you know, logically tight show. Yeah. And like, like later a on... A good steak wrap was had this yeah. week. <laughs> good cow. Good cow. <laughs> uh, so when Reigns and Ambrose run down to save uh, Rollins later on, I was like, why, you know, why didn't they run out together? And I thought, because Ambrose is being, you know... So even bits like that made sense. Yeah, yeah really appreciated. But I thought this was a really good... Uh, the good thought <laughs> gone into this show. Maybe it was, it was written yesterday <laughs> as opposed to... Several hours before they go on air. But I thought this was a good, uh, another good match. Um, I really thought good. it was okay. Yeah, I thought this was good. I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, Dolph, uh, he had some good stuff in there with uh, like a sleeper and he hit the Famouser to get a couple of um, near falls. And he hit the zigzag for a great near fall that the crowd really bought into, like, which would have been a really amazing near fall had the, the title been on the line. Mm. And then Roman hit a spear out of nowhere for the win. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked how Seattle were booing Roman. They were very against Roman throughout this. Uh, but as soon as he does the ooh, they all did it with him. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing with Roman, isn't it? I like so you should boo him harder. Like, like <laughs> people don't go, you can't see me, along with John Cena. Yeah, they do. They no, and, we'd, they, we'd and, all boo and him. even when he was like, everyone was all boo Cena. Everyone still did. You can't I see me. I did. You can always hear. You go back and watch those pay views. Everyone does that. It's the weirdest thing. How to wrestling <laughs> on their Patreon uh, podcast that they do, where they like revisit their old episodes. They recently did one on the Shield, and. They were making the point there that, like, just the default position for Roman is boo him. Like, as soon as that music hits, you boo him. Mm. And as soon as, like, he does stuff in the match, you boo him. But as soon as he does oorah, everyone's on his side. Ooh. Like, make up your mind. Like, are we against him? Are we not? And it is... Pavlovian. It's a Pavlovian thing. We just boo... The, like, we don't hate Roman. I don't think the people who boo Roman hate him. Or are bored of him, or a sick of him being... Some, I think some people are. Maybe the majority... But I think a lot of people are just like, I'm booing him because... That's what I'm supposed to do. It happened to me when we were at the WWE live event. 
um, a raw taping, not the one gone, but the one last year. It's fun to boo him. As soon as the music hears, my instant reaction was to go, boo. Yeah. And I don't hate Roman. But but you, you're not a fan of his push. I am not a fan of him in that position, but I don't hate Roman. Yeah, but I don't... What, you mean like genuine hate towards a person? Yeah, like... I've I don't been genuinely hate any of the wrestlers. I think some people... But I hate I the think character. some people do. I'm talking about you. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you can... That's yeah, the point. You I'm, boo I'm, the people you don't like I am in not in, the show. I am not into the Roman character. But yeah, I so like, you boo I, him. But I like Roman as a wrestler. Like, so I, boo him. I'm not into a character enough to boo him just because he's there. That's how wrestling works. I'm not, I'm not into Bobby Roode's character. I'm not into Bobby Roode's character at the moment, but I'm not going to boo him. No, but that's different. Like, Why is that different? Because the same Bobby Roode isn't being pushed at all. So it's not... That's not, and that, he, that's, not that's not the argument you're making. I am. Look, so Roman Reigns... Like, you don't like him as a character. I'm not into Roman's character, no. That's why we boo him. No, I think the reason why people boo him is because he's pushed and yeah. Daniel Bryan isn't. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's That's, that's the not point. his character, though. That's, that's the machine. It was for a while. <laughs> it was for a while, yeah. Maybe it's just a holdover from that. But you do boo people because you don't like their characters. That's the... You, but I boo people because they're heels. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you're saying, but you're saying Roman isn't technically a heel. He's not technically a heel, is he? People boo okay. people boo Roman because people just boo the music. I can't believe we're talking about Roman Reigns in 2018. <laughs> it's just talking about so Roman Reigns push in 2018. Just white noise. <laughs> um, but the yeah, so I I mean I kind of wanted all the Shield stuff to happen in one big chunk. Like I we had the Dean Ambrose stuff at the start, and then the Strowman match, then Reigns and Ziggler. I kind of wanted Rollins. And McIntyre to happen right after. Problem if you did that though, then you've got a big stretch of. You've got Ronda, you've got Shawn Michaels. I think there's yeah, enough there's like, throughout yeah, the yeah, show. What I'm saying is like Ronda's next, and yeah. then Michaels is right at the end. Well, you put you move Ronda back a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because the problem is if you do all the great stuff right at the start, then there's a big old chunk of stuff where you got to be like, well, we've got to get through this now until we can get. And the third hour was a little bit like that. Mm. It felt like. Yeah, we need to really get to this uh, Shawn Michaels main event segment, but we do have an hour to fill. So, are you busy, Bailey? Because yeah. we do need five minutes filled out there. Uh, I, I I thought it would be quite nice to, yeah, to have been. it all contained as one big story. It like, would have been if you had some stuff that you could do in the second and third hour. Well, I thought there was enough on the show to keep people around. Put Rousey as the main event of the second. I would have done the, that. That's how I would have done. Yeah. So speaking of Ronda Rousey, then took on Ruby Riot, where. She's backstage doing some shadow boxing warming up, and there's Natalia and the Bellas. Mm-hmm. But Natalia doesn't accompany them out. No, well, because yeah, she's not in the match at Super Showdown. It just, it was like, ah, oh, Natalia, we used to be besties, but these more popular girls are here now. So <laughs> they're my friends. If this was Mean Girls, mm. Rousey is not, you know, she's a, the, the nasty B word. <laughs> so I, I thought it was funny as well because, like, the Bellas and Natalia are, are yucking it up backstage, but Ronda's serious. She's like serious face Ronda doing the shadow box and stuff. And then she comes out for the match and she's all smiles with the Bellas. The Bellas got their own entrance and then she just comes, uh, Ronda yeah. comes out all smiles. It's, I, I know, I'm, I'm, the thing with, I like Ronda. I love Ronda, in fact. I think Ronda's awesome. But I wish she'd stop doing the smiling. Yeah. It's it's this awful awful thing, and it's it's Vince McMahon just not realizing what he's doing. Because the Ronda said in an interview, the reason why she smiles is because Vince told her, "When you smile, the whole world smiles with you." Because she's got such a nice smile, so it's like a directive for her to smile when she comes out because it makes the crowd smile. Mm. But it also makes her not look like a badass. Yeah, it would it would be a lot more effective if she was just 
walking down very mean looking all the time. When she's backstage with her mean face doing a shadow boxing, awesome. Can't wait for you to see you kick someone's ass. Then she comes down the ring all smiles and waving. <laughs> so, so the problem there, I suppose, is when she does transition into mean face, it's not as effective because you don't have the, the smiley stuff beforehand. But even then, that's where you sell, right? Mm-hmm. You, you sell like, oh, I'm being beaten up. Yeah. Not smiling. <laughs> hey, I yeah. love wrestling. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to division. be here. <laughs> so honoured. Such an honour to be and here. And then uh, Mean Face. Yeah. I'm actually going to bury you all. Uh, so, yeah, I thought this was... It was it was a decent match. I, Ruby I like got Ruby a lot Williams. of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. She got a lot of it. She really led this match. Because um, she, she got the upper hand by jamming Ronda's yeah. shoulder into the ring post outside. Absolutely, yeah. And um, Liv Morgan got kicked in the face so hard last week, her uh, hair changed colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah Shawn Michaels' now. hair comes off and <laughs> hers goes pink. Um, but yeah, so so Liv Morgan was out there. No mention of the concussion, as far as I could hear. And they very much like they didn't. They did mention that Brie kicked her last week, but didn't mention it was a, an injury or anything like that. They, mm. they very much skirted around that issue, but did mention that it is going. She is going to wrestle this Sunday or this Saturday, I should say. Yeah. So. Well, concussions are you know yeah, you don't exactly. know if it's, it's a long term thing fluctuate. or a short term, or it'll be something they announce like midweek. Maybe they haven't done the full tests yet. Mm. No, just announcing in the week they changed it. It's uh, it's it's a shame because that something real happened there. So, and this is this is a feud that really, or a match that really needs something for the viewers to sink their teeth into beyond the fact that it's Ronda Rousey and the Bellas. And that's you know you've got something here. Uh, I don't know how you would spin it into some actual substance, but it's a sh- it's like the the promo the. Elias and KO promo that we'll come on to that got this huge reaction from the crowd but because of the the scripted nature of WWE they don't really run with that uh, and they're not allowed to but yes uh, Ronda tapped Ruby out for the win yes so the Riot Squad have lost virtually every single encounter they've had in the build up to this feud yeah. They won once last week, and no one remembers because of the uh, the Liv Morgan injury. Well, technically, that was a knockout. That was a KO victory for Bruce. So they even lost that one. <laughs> uh, then yeah. we got Connor <laughs> when, versus Bobby Roode. When Bobby Roode came out, I was like, I, I, I wrote down versus Connor, and I was like, Ollie's going to love this. He's going to be so thrilled that when Michael Cole was like, he's taken on Connor of the Ascension after the break. You know what? I'm. I got my anger out last week, and I'm watching this. I like the story of Chad Gable doing well against Connor, but losing, and then Bobby Roode going in there and showing him how to do it. And maybe Connor beats him, and they're like, oh, wow, even though I'm your mentor, the only way we can beat them is to come together as a tag team and beat the Ascension. And which, that's, which we've already done. That's the problem. <laughs> like, this story works if they had... Twice! Twice! beat them twice! Twice! I had to go back and check. And I was like, no, it can't have been twice. <laughs> it Maybe was. it was one week they beat the Ascension, then there was a couple of weeks, and then we got into this. Yeah. Nope. nope. It was twice after SummerSlam in consecutive weeks, and then we went on to this storyline of Connor beating... After Chad beat Victor as well. So, <laughs> it's... It, it's that SmackDown problem of this is a, actually a good story, but you've told the the second half first, yeah. which strips away any of the kind of engagement you have for the for the latter part. You've done the conclusion to build up the start. Yeah, it's not Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and and the crowd the crowd was so quiet oh so quiet. It's yeah. a, and it's a shame because like I said, this is this is a good story. And Chad is great, and the partnering with Rude is really inspired. I read on Reddit 
someone just said, I can't remember who. There were loads of comments. And they, they just said, uh, I can't tell if they're pushing the ascension or burying Rude and Gable. <laughs> I was like, that's, oh, it's hard yeah, to tell, yeah. That is difficult. Um, then we got Alexa Bliss bringing back her moment of bliss. Yes, they've suddenly realised that there's uh, this evolution pay-per-view that they've not done any promotion for for a little while. Because, um, you know, there's a, quite a lot of plates spinning at the moment. Someone brought this up on our Patreon, I think, or it might have been on Twitter. That, like, yeah, between Mixed Match Challenge, the Mae Young Classic, Crown Jewel, Super Showdown, SmackDown 1000, and Evolution, it's like, all of a sudden, WWE just got all of these plates spinning at the same time, and they're not sure which ones they actually want to keep rotating. And they've just done this all into this like six, seven week period. Whereas like throughout the rest of the year, we haven't really had much else. Mm. Like you could have spread this out, really. Yeah, it's it's curious because usually this time, like you've got the post WrestleMania dip yep. where WWE lose interest, and then you've got the post SummerSlam dip when uh, the the NFL starts back up and WWE are like, ah, we're not going to do well in the ratings, so why bother? And my argument's always been, well, now your most dedicated <laughs> audience are there, so do all you can to com- like to maintain them yeah. and reward them for sticking with you. And they're actually kind of doing this. Yep. So I can't. I'm not. I get what you mean. It would have been nice to have this spread out more yeah. throughout the year, but this is. It feels like there's a lot of big stuff happening at the moment, it and you really don't does, yeah. usually get that in September and October. It's, yeah. it's November with Survivor Series that that happens. So we've got this Evolution pay-per-view, and um, the only match they've really pushed, at least on the main roster, because obviously NXT is doing its own thing, is this Bliss versus Trish Stratus match, and that's what this moment of Bliss was about. Uh, was Bliss saying that she met Trish Stratus when she was seven years old <laughs> at, a, at an event, and Trish wouldn't sign her autograph book, and she burped in her face. You should never beat your, never meet your heroes. And then, as many people have pointed out, Alexa Bliss at seven years old, would have, that would have been in 1998. And um, Trish didn't get her start until 2000. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a good seg. This was really funny. Yeah. Uh, Alexa delivered it really well, just like she did for her anti-bullying PSAs against Nia Jax. It was the same format. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was really funny. You can't buy Jimmy Chews with autographs. <laughs> Trish uh, allegedly told yeah. a, a seven-year-old Alexa back in time it was time traveling yeah so uh it's very good yeah i but there was that stupid mistake but you wouldn't notice it unless you went on the twitter yes absolutely uh but i did think that was like seven years old i'll be honest well i thought alexa bliss was younger than she is apparently because if she was born in 1991 i mean she's uh, six years younger than i she's what three years younger than you yeah so she's can't do maths now. Yeah. Like, I thought she was much younger than that. I don't know 27. why. Yeah. I thought she was in, like, in her, like, early, maybe mid-20s. 20, that's, that's, I mean, 26, that's, that, 27. Yeah, that's virtually, on, that's on my era. But mm. I, I, so when she was saying, like, I was seven years old when I met Trish, in my head, I was like, that adds up. Because I thought she was younger. So uh, we've got another cloud now. But I'm in that kind of mood. This cloud has a silver lining. I, I'm, well, okay, I think I know what the silver lining is because it can't be the match itself. No, so so the B team came out. Uh, B team, B team, rah, rah, rah. And now I get... <laughs> Ollie, Ollie, of, turn off. Yeah, Pavlo, talking Pavlovian <laughs> responses. That is just me to see red. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot these guys were a thing. And it came off the back of the Bobby Connor match as well. I was like, ooh, this is a rough 20 yeah. minutes for Ollie Davis. Uh, and, but the revival were out there. Uh, got a jobber entrance. They're already in the ring. And this is off the back of that really good McIntyre-Ziggler title match last yep, Monday. A match that Vince McMahon himself 
was rumoured to be very impressed by. And Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio, you know, like, this might actually be the sign of a push for them. No. Nope, not at all. Because they... The, you know, they had a, a match. They lost to the B team. They lost to the B team. Yeah. Again. Using the B team's old fluky victory stick, which was tired like three months ago. Yeah. So I have no idea why they're still doing it. This was this was no good. This was an awful, awful segment. And the way to take their characters, really, is to now send them on a losing streak. That would be quite a funny... You were on this winning, st- a fluke winning streak, and now you're, you're on about the B team, not the streak. revival. Yeah, the B team. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought you meant the revival for a second. I was no. like, that is not the way to take this story. No, that's how you build them. Let's uh, get that Daniel Bryan thing <laughs> with the crowd gets on their side. And they were always meant to win the yeah. championships. It was always the plan. Uh, so yeah, really, unfortunately, the re- the revival lost, and Couldn't it's not like it. could believe me eyes. Yeah, it's not like this even mattered because. The whole point of this segment was the B team walking up the ramp, celebrating for AOP to beat them, beat them up, and then they just beat them up in the ring as well. The 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 photo gallery on WWE.com for this segment, because we need to go to those to get the pictures for the videos, isn't called the Revival versus B team. It's called AOP. It's called AOP beat down the B team. So that just tells you what WWE's mentality going into it was. And that's fine. Like, I don't have an issue with that because they are trying to push the the AOP. That's the silver lining. That's the silver lining. And there was actually a really interesting segment backstage. Drake Maverick not in cosplay this week. He was in a suit. So much better. better. And then a segment backstage with AOP and Corbin where he was like congratulating them on a good job. And he's like, you guys know what you need to do. And it kind of of sowed these seeds of just like, so now Corbin's working with them and Drake as well. And what's he got planned? Is it something that's going to pay off at Super Showdown? Is it something that's going to pay off on Raw next week or in the coming weeks? That's a really nice, interesting wrinkle. And that's all great. Just don't put the revival in the other... Like, Heath Slater and Rhino, it's not like they're busy. You could have put anyone else in that position. And, like, the revival coming off that great match they had for the tag titles last week where it looked like they might win and a lot of them might be the start of a push for them. And now this is just, like, taking them... It's not even back to square one. This is like going, hitting nothing but snakes all the way down, <laughs> yeah. past like off the board. Yeah. It was really, really bad for the revival. Yeah, very, very bad. That's yeah. You could have just had another team in there, and AOP beat them all up. Yeah, exactly. That way. Yeah, I was thinking, just have the revival win. <laughs> just have the revival beat the B team, so you know they get to show that the revival get this bit of winning streak after last week's momentum, and then AOP come down and beat all of them up. And then you might even get a little spot where the Revival make a comeback, recapture some of that NXT magic, but AOP beat them down. Then you've got a feud. Yeah. Then you've got an AOP Revival feud. Maybe even the Revival help out the B team as AOP are beating them up. The Revival here, after they lost, as AOP were beating up the B team in the ring, they were just on the outside, crawling up the ramp to go to the back. So, Yeah. yeah, terrible... Terrible stuff for the revival. Really disheartening, especially after last week. But very promising for AOP. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then we got that backstage segment with Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. And that's where Roman was asking if Dean's okay. And Dean said, you know, I had Braun, man. I had him. I could have won that match. If I wasn't such a nice guy, I might be universal champion right now. That's a good line. It's a great line. Oh. 
Uh, then we got some Susan G. Coleman stuff, which yep. is Do the you, breast it's cancer. Coleman, not Coleman. Coleman, it's Coleman. Coleman. I, t- I switch off during. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of people got in touch with me. It's like, oh, I bet you can't. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say about this charity segment. This one didn't break kayfabe. <laughs> I'm fine for charity. But this one didn't break kayfabe. Yeah. If Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker came down and paused for a moment to, you know, to support this charity, then I'd have a problem with it. Uh, but this was, yeah, this was what it was. I mean, I don't really care about this being on TV, on Raw. But, yeah. I just thought you would hate it because it took up part of the show, and that's also yeah, well, part yeah, of yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's, it is what it is. Like, you, it's Raw's three hours now. It's a variety show. Yeah, you've got to uh, have variety. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would put this stuff. Like, it's quite nice when done sparingly because it feels really genuine and special. Then, but this is, you know, it's almost like a weekly segment of "Don't worry, we're a publicly traded company." I could do without that PR nonsense. Yeah, I'm smarter than that, and I think everyone else should be. Dogs of War were backstage, and they're having issues too. This was also an. This was a great segment. Yeah. This ruled. So Dolph is like amping up Drew. Like, come on, Drew, go out there, beat Seth. And Braun says, "Yeah, yeah, we need to win, and we don't need any more weak links." And he looks at Dolph. Yeah, and Dolph was the one who lost his match. And Dolph was just like, "It's like, oh god, I don't know what he's talking about." Drew looks at Dolph, and Drew walks off, as if in agreement with. Braun Strowman that Ziggler is the weak link of the team. Really interesting stuff in there, which like ties into the stuff that was last week, where they were saying to like turn to uh, Drew, uh, yeah, saying to Drew, "Hey, do you realize that Dolph's just using you, right?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this it's is really, really good. Layered. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. layered stuff. I really like this. And then I really like the match that they had. Before we get on to that though, I just uh, I feel I'm replaying what I said about the charity segment in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I think I might have misspoke and, <laughs> and said I didn't care about it. I, that, what I mean by that is I, I do not care for it being on a professional wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, not that I don't care about no, the cause. You don't care about breast cancer survivors. Yeah, That's yeah. what you hate. I d- that you is, just you that can't is stand not, that people survived that, it. That is that is that is not what I said. <laughs> and if it came across that way, that surely wasn't my intention. No. I hope everyone, you know. Everyone watching 45 minutes into this show should give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but you can find him on Twitter at Ollie Davis <laughs> if you want to let him know how it came across. Anyway, and they didn't sell for anyone. Drew McIntyre <laughs> and Seth Rollins was next. Uh, yeah, I thought this was, I thought it was, it was quite short as a match. It was Drew working over Seth, but then Seth had this good comeback. Buckle bomb, super kick in the corner. Yep. And Dolph runs down, sort of just, does this really quick almost ghost-like run through the ring and slides out the other side. That's enough to distract Seth. Drew hits the Claymore for the win. Big win for Drew. Yeah. And then uh, the Dogs of War come down for a beatdown. Strowman awesomely is just strolling down. He was in no rush. No rush for this beatdown. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and then Roman runs down to make the save and Dean's music come down and he's starting to hit people with the axe handles, take off the dangerous bit of it, of course, and then start hitting people with it. You don't want to kill them. (laughs) Well, unless you... Jimmy Havoc tweeted about that and said, lads, you're missing a bit of that axe. Yeah, well, Jimmy would use (laughs) it and stomp on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And it was it was quite it was like no beat down and the dogs of war stood tall at the end, mm. which going by um, the usual like the, uh, the 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 theoretical 
uh, go-home show angle would mean that the Shield are winning at Super Showdown. But as we know, that's not always the case. Not it's statistically true. Not it's statistically actually, true. Yeah, it's actually 50-50 mm. uh, either way. So this segment... <laughs> I like the I like the the fist bump at the end, yeah. especially the way Drew kind of just did this real vindictive arm swing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was struck by something else. <laughs> I'm just showing Luke a picture here of Braun Strowman's nipple just peeking out. He cannot keep his um, they don't, he, he cannot keep his they? pecs in his uh, vest. Every <laughs> match they fall out. It's like you at MediaCon. Well, yeah, like, well, I, you know, I, the, Wanda Braun, Wanda Raleigh, yeah, there's a connection there. <laughs> I, you uh, were doing it as a tribute to Braun Strowman. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I, I found that very funny. Mm. I, don't, I was in a good mood today. <laughs> um, and to carry on my good mood, yeah, you know, just, just put aside, I've put it in a box. i put it in a box in the bottom of my heart of Kevin Owens. It's not getting pushed the way I want. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. They made me. Th- they intentionally made me think that's what they were going to do, and then they scappered it the next week. Yeah, scappered isn't a word. Scappered. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to pop it in there, and I'm just going to take this for what it is—a boring filler feud for Raw's third hour—and we can get over Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley because yeah. that is actually quite fun. So we can build up that for John Cena to have a match at Super Showdown. Whatever. Whatever. So I did not expect. First of all, Elias and Kevin Owens to rip. They, like they sort of had it with the Kevin Owens show last week, but I thought their chemistry here during Elias's sing-song stuff was really good. I thought the stuff they did backstage was really funny. Yeah, because Elias there talking about he's got a rider because he's such a big musical star, and he made me laugh when he said, "Yep, I asked for a triangle of water." I <laughs> <laughs> just a bowl of spinach. It's just a bowl of spinach. And Owens picks up something that is good, good spinach. spinach. It was the triangle of water that really made me laugh because that is someone in set like have just set that up as a triangle and then Elias looked at it and goes like it's weird that it's a triangle yeah. I'm going to make mention of that on the show yeah and he, uh, they, they gave they gave him almonds and he wanted cashews, cashews. so he threw the what a what a bag. heel he wants the best kind of nut though mm. cashews are delicious and uh, although you you only like the roasted variety I, I gave you an unroasted cashew which was just weird looked like a child eating a <laughs> sour piece of food they've never had before I did not enjoy that uh, unsalted unroasted cashew so in the ring oh Elias does his usual who wants to walk with Elias crowd were very behind him at that point and Owens just goes me this this guy guy. yeah this guy right here Owens had this really funny thing of just like you know me and Elias we're we're just great guys and I I hope they run with the great guys thing they they brought it up again they said that Owens said that um, Cena and Lashley teaming together just doesn't make sense but you know we as a team here we do make sense and then Elias makes a your local sports team joke, which got, I would say, I mean, this is this was nuclear heat. This was Roman on the Raw after WrestleMania when he beat the Undertaker. Levels of nuclear heat. Yeah, yeah, it's in this it's was in incredible the, discussion. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I looked into this. Do you know that? Do you know why it was a thing? Yeah. So I, cause I meant I put up on Twitter this morning. It was like, "Gee, Seattle really likes its basketball, eh?" And uh, a lot of people who were actually at the arena said to me, "It was like, yeah, so so back, so, so it was a basketball team left. Um, the Supersonics, yeah, the Seattle Supersonics were bought by another because American sports is very strange. Well, yeah, you can just buy teams. This doesn't happen in the UK. Like, no. team, like well, very rarely does it happen. It's, it's happened a couple of times, like yeah. Milton Keynes Dons and things like that. But like." Football teams or sports teams, 
just stay where they are. They'll get a different manager, they'll get different owners, but they just sort of stay where they are. Whereas like in America, they're more brands mm. that you just like, oh, you know, well, we're the Oakland Raiders, but we were bought by LA now. So we're now the LA Ra- Raiders. And I think they went back to Oakland. Um, and and so it's, and things like that. And so this doesn't really translate very well to a UK audience, I would argue. A lot of the times when they do your local sports team stuff, I've no idea what people well, are on about. Gonna, you can, but you can, can assume... Oh, well, I mean, yeah, when, he, when you, a heel says something about your local sports team, I'm going to assume it's not something nice about your local sports team. Uh, and But this one... So, yeah, they left... But this what I was struck by. And perhaps, again, this is because it doesn't translate very well. Do you know when the Supersonics left them? 2008. Ten years ago! I thought... It was last Shawn Michaels week. was still wrestling back then. I, I was going to oh, say, wait a second. <laughs> I thought it was like last week it happened. Yeah, or I thought it was like a recent very thing. recent news. Yeah. But when someone tweeted me this morning, it was like, yeah, it was a decade ago. I was like, I was like, mom, maybe you should just get over it then. But apparently, it is. It's still rough because I don't think they have another basketball team. They haven't had one since it the Supersonics a left. Hell of this a struck. A, this did strike a nerve, and it was awesome because then Owens. He was trying to cut his promo. He was trying to cut his scripted promo that he'd been given. And he just could not get this promo out. He was shouting into the microphone. Elias was shouting into his microphone. He could not hear them over the crowd. I was really impressed with Elias here. I thought he worked around the confines of the scripted promo really well to be like, you've got to turn my mic up, turn Kevin's mic up. I can't, you know, talk into the the people in the back. I can't hear it, which is only making the crowd boo heavier and more. I th- yeah. That was great. And then at one point, they brought up the house lights. Yes, so to you show. could see the yeah. crowd all on their feet with their thumbs down. This wasn't just an audible noise. It was it was like a physical display of hate. It really was. And you could see it now. And Elias goes, put that down. Yeah. Put those lights down. I don't want to see them. Keep the spotlight on me. I don't want to see these people. It was, it was really good. It was fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Do you know how long it went on for? It felt like a long time. Do you have a guess. I'm going to say five minutes. Six minutes of sustained, really loud booing. Like, there have been louder pops, but that's like a 30-second thing. This was a sustained... Boo. Yeah, oh man. Oh, Seattle really incredible. do miss their basketball, man. Apparently, it was, it was fascinating. That's the, that's the best word I could use to describe this. I just, I thought it was incredible to watch. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, I know Owens stuck to because he was probably thinking, God, we cannot overrun. We cannot. We got, the, we got Michaels and Taker. We can't approach on that <laughs> yeah, time. No, totally. Just gonna try and shout over them. And he did like he, he sort of him shouting to. Continue. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna. Pay attention to your booze. I'm just going to talk about John Cena. So you got around it that way, which was, you know, smart thinking on your feet. But I would have loved them to just milk it and make this. You could have made this go like a full 10 minutes. Yeah. And Elias did it. He got to have one moment as well because the crowd were like so against these two off the back of that one comment. When Leo Rush came out, the crowd just sort of died out. And they yeah. weren't, it wasn't like Leo Rush made the crowd cheer or Bobby didn't make the crowd cheer. They just stopped booing. Yeah. Elias and Owens and they got to a point when they started to try and boo them again and Elias just goes dude the team left what are you booing me for yeah which was I thought was <laughs> great nice off the cuff stuff by Elias and that's what I yeah. really wanted to see from these two especially Owens could have milked this for all it's oh, worth yeah. he really could have done and Elias is so good at doing this 
But it was crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. The interesting thing that I pointed out in my Because Crowd just trying for the basketball team. Yeah, is is that like they're talking about Cena. Their whole promo point is to talk about John Cena. They're facing him and Lashley in the tag match at Super Showdown on Saturday. Sure. If this was John Cena's segment, if this was John Cena in the ring, he would have milked this. Oh, yeah, he, he really would have That would have gone yeah. on for ages. But he can get away with that. Exactly. And that's, that is a shame. Yeah. I, I get that there's timings, but you should have someone running down from the back going, Yeah, keep this going. Keep this going, yeah. And like they did to an extent because the production brought the house lights up. Yeah. So they were clearly a Vince call, yeah. And like someone should be telling Leo Rush, don't 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 read that, don't read that. Just go out there and say, "Hey, you two shut up. Seattle is one of the best sports teams in this country." Yeah. And get Your them local on that sports way. team's awesome. Yeah, because what happened, like you said, was Bob that this wasn't there was no heat transference. No. Here. Heat and transference you, there exactly, it is. You want to bring that negative heat into positive heat for Lashley, but it was it was also a boring match. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I laughed out loud. Like, really laughed out loud when Corey Graves that Leo said that Leo Rush sounds like Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I haven't. Oh, that. man. I used to love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And actually, Leo Rush really does sound like Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, cool. He does. I'll, I'll check it out. Adult it's, Swim, is it? It is an Adult Swim. It was mm. so funny. Uh, but yeah, this Maybe was, not the movie, but the show was very funny. It turned into uh, just a sort of. Yeah, Owens, Bobby Lashley, third hour of Raw, lots of headlocks, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And Elias got Leo Rush on the outside. That was enough to distract Bobby Lashley. KO rolled him up for the win. Quite a few roll-ups off of distractions on this show. Yeah, it was a a bit of a... Yeah, they used that finish a lot. Mm. Not not really much of a match. And this is kind of where, like... I I know what rating you gave uh, for Raw, but with sort of moments like this... And some of the other moments that came earlier in the show, I don't think I could quite agree. Okay. However, I, I still will give it a very high score. Well, let's, let's get there very quickly because then the, the only other thing was Bailey versus Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox had quite a funny 10-second promo before coming out. Yeah, so they, they appear to be building dissension between her and Sunil Singh. Hmm. That's the, the gimmick they're running with. Um, Jinder tripped... Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jinder tripped Bailey during the match and then Ballet hit the sling bow on the outside. Uh, Bailey won. Yep. And that also means that in this mixed match challenge feud, Balor and Bailey just keep on winning yeah. and Jinder and Fox just keep on losing. Yeah, so that was the thing that happened. Yeah. But so, okay, I gave this and we, we were asked this on the Wrestle Ramble and we actually took the question out yeah, because, because we couldn't figure out when, if ever, I've ever given a top rate into Raw. Yeah. And I went back and I, yeah, I cannot think, like, even the Raws up, maybe I gave a Raw after WrestleMania one. Um, but, you, like, the Raws after WrestleMania recently have had those cool surprises, but there's, there's felt no substance here. This, for me, this whole show was the perfect mix of big angles and substance. Mm-hmm. So you've got the Shield Dean Ambrose stuff that lasted you know, for for about an hour of the show, which is, I mean, an hour of actual time. So that's about half the show overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got that, which I loved, like really intensely loved. I think Dean Ambrose's performance was spectacular. You've got this, um, like in what would have been a throwaway bit for Owens and Elias, that turned into one of the more memorable bits of Raw of the year. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. It was so fun to I've rewatched it three times since. It's so much fun. And then you've got that killer main event angle with 
Undertaker, Kane, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. Historic in that this is the, he took that bump. And this is kind of like the real first physical part to Shawn Michaels' comeback. I think it's newsworthy. I think it had great stories, great performances. The wrestling was pretty decent. That was the only thing that was lacking, like a one-killer match. And you the, like there was the space for it. I get that the Bobby Lashley-Kevin Owens match wasn't amazing, but you had that stuff at the start. I get that the uh, the B-team and Revival happened, but you got the AOP push, which I'm very behind. And Connor versus Bobby Roode, like I said, that's a good story. It's a shame it's been told out of order. And Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I gave it in awe. Yeah, and I do... I gave it and five I, out of five. And I don't think you're... I mean, I would never say anyone's uh, wrong for, for any of the thoughts that they have on this show. And I certainly don't think... I think you actually made a compelling argument for why it is in awe. I would have probably given it a high. Um, I was going to say smacktastic. Then that's the other one. What's your four out of five? A core. Core. A high yeah. core. Well, yeah, we're well, very close. Well, yeah, and that's... It was the same thing with SmackDown last week. Like, I really enjoyed the show, but I thought, by and large, the wrestling on it was like below par mm. like it was really substandard and I think that's what I was missing on this show was like that killer match that made me go like oh man that was so and that's why I tune into to wrestling is to watch the your mix of angles and your and wrestling matches and this, that's what this I felt like this show was missing because you can look over things like the Bobby Roode and Connor stuff because it doesn't, at the end it doesn't matter like that doesn't mm. matter the same way really like the Bellas versus the Riot Squad doesn't matter like it, it's just there to put the Bellas on TV and that's fine you get the mainstream audience you put them in the first hour and that try and guides in a mainstream audience to try and watch more of the show so i get that and you know you want to push the aop fine by that it's done like using the revival to i just don't watch the run and lost to the b team so stuff like that i think you can look over in order to give this a, a perfect rating i just wish there was a killer match on this show mm. that really could have just like put like for me anyway just to push it over the top and give it that like because the other thing as well i would say and you made this point as well that when we, you and I have given like really high ratings and stuff, it has always been like Raw after Mania or the SmackDown after Mania or the Superstar Shake-Up when you have these sort of surprise things and stuff. But that's, you've got an excuse there because it's meant to be, it's, the, it's how you follow up the show the couple of weeks after. This didn't have that. This didn't have like the Superstar Shake-Up to fall back on or the Raw after SummerSlam to fall back on. This was just a contained episode of the show and it was a bloody good one. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Uh, I, I always say you need three really good parts, like really, really good parts mm -hmm. to make a, a five out of five episode. That's what Stanley Kubrick always said about movies. You need three memorable scenes. Where, where are those in 2001? Um, just, well, that's all of them. Yeah, I like what you did there, but it's all of them. Um, and yeah, you've got Dean Ambrose, you've got the Brothers of Destruction, and you've got that Kevin Owens and Elias segment. I'm happy. I'm maybe if I was in a different mood, it would have been uh, a rating lower. But yeah, I'm. I'm. It's nice to to enjoy Raw so much. It really is. Hello, Wembley. How did you find the show? How did you find Progress? Hello, Wembley from the SSE. It was terrific. It was really good uh, in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, hanging out with you. Thank you very and, much. And Fakeador and Andy Datsum, website writer. And uh, my, my mate Dan, who was also on the exact other opposite side of the arena. Uh, so, so like that. Yeah, you, the... you made that the most awkward way to try and find each other. 
like so i've been at like you know i went to see the impractical jokers at the o2 mm. and my friend was there my friend from school he's actually the flowers for our wedding and she sent me a message going like oh i'm here as well and i was like oh where are you sat and the first thing she did, she put a torch on her phone and it's waved it. Idea. And I was like, oh, there she is. She's over there. And I waved my torch back at her. And then we saw each other and we waved. You, on the other hand, texted your friend and said, can you wave? And I'll see if I can find you. Way too many people for that. Way too many people started waving. And you were like, oh, I think I saw you. And they text back, that wasn't me. Well, I was, uh, uh, Millie McKenzie is from his hometown. So I just looked around for someone going crazy when her name was <laughs> announced. And then we just had a, like, here's a photo of my view. Here's a photo of my view. It was, it was fun. It was like a Sherlock Holmes detective game. <laughs> like the Holmes and Watson trailer. Yeah. So there was that. There was, you know, just hanging out with people. Some bloody great wrestling. Really was. And we have been asked not to give any spoilers away from uh, someone who's a pledge hammer because they are going to watch it on, de- uh, on demand. Mm. And that's not being released until, like, the end of the week or, like, next week. So we can't talk about... Let's try not to uh, about like results. And okay, stuff. well that person stop listening now. We're going to talk about results because like we talk about all the other results. I don't want to get into the habit of stopping stuff. That's fair enough. Just so, spoiler, spoiler, warning. Warning. spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the results of progress. Yeah. Can't believe CM Punk showed up. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the worst surprise is like Jordan and Grace. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was here. wicked. I, got, I marked out massively yeah, when that she was came really down. Cool. Um, Volta's entrance. Oh man, when he had the ah oh, the Jewel violin. violinist treatment. He is the best wrestler on the planet. He is the best. He's my favorite. Yep. Is that is he? He's saying favorite and best are the same. I'm yeah. saying both. He okay. is the best. <laughs> he's my favorite. He's the tippity top. He's numero uno. He is the best. Uh, the Thunder Bastard tag match. So was much really fun. fun. Uh, the heat. You think you think Elias and Kevin Owens got heat? Oh, you want to see some Zach Gibson oh, heat, mate? Some grizzled young level. veterans heat. Yeah. So the the great wrestling, great company, and just it's it's so nice to see that come like the promotion sell out that. Well, not sell out, but yeah, very heavily fill that arena. They did. Yeah, they sold a yeah. lot of tickets. Yeah. So it was a really nice benchmark for uh, British indie wrestling. Yeah, because um, I believe ICW are running a big show, I think it's this weekend or it might be in the next couple of weeks that's actually a bigger attendance or a, a larger capacity than uh, Hello Wembley. And They've I, done it a few times before, haven't yes. they? And I know that because they were tweeting about it heavily on the day of Hello Wembley. And it was because someone did like, it was like, guys, can we not just get along? Like, let's just all like each other and just like support the fact that we're all doing really well. No. It's a promotional (laughs) feud. It's a promotional war. Zach Gibson, by the way, still has like my favorite comment I've ever heard at a wrestling show in terms Mm -hmm. of heel promos. Was the match he had against Toriano when he was taking the mick out of people around ringside saying you're all here because you like Dave Meltzer's resting observing you want to think you're in the know you're looking at the ring now and going bloody hell Grado looks different in person <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's really good but uh, uh, we had a, I had a cracking time at the event though really really good fun um, yeah terrific wrestling throughout got to meet uh, a lot of members of the SWAP Nation as well so that was also very mm. nice including one from Austria yes it was really cool he, he came we found us at the, the hotel we went for a couple of drinks out afterwards because we were told by some security guards to go to a certain pub to go and have a few drinks even though I knew there was a Weatherspoons nearby ah. and that's what I was saying I was like there's a Weatherspoons nearby we'll go there I didn't hear that but then someone was like no no these, these security guards said we should go to this place that called the Blue me. Check yeah ah. and then we I was went too th- drunk <laughs> we went to the Blue Check closed 
so yeah, we took we, ages to get there it yeah felt like. so then we ended up going to this hotel for some drinks as well which i imagine was not cheap but mm. we did get to meet this uh austrian fan who was very nice yep and we met two other fans so my <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, t- I'll tell you my getting home story first because yours is way worse than mine Oh, do you think? Way worse than mine. <laughs> it's certainly more comical. So I... Uh, mine had the bigger dry cleaning bill. <laughs> I had to. So my phone died while I was trying to order an Uber to get home because, like, it was in Wembley. I live in West London. So I'm, I was practically home. Like, I was a short drive back home. So I thought, I'm just going to order an Uber and get myself back. My phone died as I was waiting for the Uber to arrive. And I was like, dang it. I was like, man, the only thing I can do now is I'm going to have to get the tube back to Bond Street, change onto the central line, and go home. I was like, that's, that's fine. I, I'm going into central London so I can come back out of central London, past Wembley, and go home. But that's fine. So that's what I did. I got on the tube with everyone. Uh, and, you know, we had some, you know, some jokes and japes while we were on the tube. I get off at Bond Street, and I'm walking up the escalator, and the lad says to me, and he goes like, um, oh, all the eastbound trains are, are stopped now. And I was like, oh, I'm heading westbound. He's like, oh, no, you'll be okay then. And I was like, oh, awesome. So I, I ran downstairs and I saw a tube go by uh, that was going towards, uh, it was going on the, the different line of the central line that I needed to get onto. And I thought, that's fine. And I stood there for a while and I stood there waiting. And then these announcements kept coming over being like, there are no more trains now at Bond Street. And I was like, oh, no more westbound trains. And I walked upstairs and I said, are all the westbound trains stopped now? And he was like, yeah, I did tell you that. And I was like, no, you told me the eastbound trains had stopped. He was like, oh, no, the westbound ones have stopped as well. So like, where are you trying to get to? And I told him. He was like, and he literally went, oh, yes. Uh. <laughs> he was like, well, I don't know, mate. I have to get the bus. So I and then left. And I, there was a moment. And I was, I'd had one too many dances at the, the events. And I walked outside on Bond Street, and the cold air just hit me in the face. And I had this sudden realization, almost a sobering moment of like, I don't know how I'm getting home. Ooh, because Phone dead. Phone's dead. Uh, I've got no other option. I can't contact anyone. Um, I don't really know the buses that well in, in London. Black Cabot. Well, that's what I had Baller. to do. Oh, jeez. So I, I then had to run across the road, and I got a cab. I told him where to go. He also said OS. <laughs> Actually, Uber drivers always complain when I tell them where I live. When, you, when I'm in central London, I order an Uber. They always piss and moan that I'm taking them out of the way. This lad couldn't have been happier. He was very happy to take me back to my house. But it did cost me £60. £60 for what would have been a 10-minute ride if I'd have just got one at Wembley. I'm such an idiot. I'm the biggest idiot ever. And I was so annoyed at myself. I got through the door at like half past one because I'm an idiot. Such a massive idiot. So I was really annoyed. Well, while that was happening, (laughs) because we parted ways. Your story's way worse than mine. It's like sliding doors. Yeah. So I left you on that train to change at uh, Green Park and we were joined by two of the chaps who were in the hotel bar with us. One of them was very sleepy. Yeah, one was very sleepy. One was very excited. Yeah. They were like, they just walked out of Snow White. And <laughs> they, uh, yeah, like, so, so we, we got the tube to Green Park, all of us. And then me and these two chaps uh, left to change. And because they were going back to Bromley. They know who they are if they're listening. <laughs> and we're going up. The, I hope they're listening. We're going up the escalator. And the more awake one is in front of me, drinking from a Cronenberg. It's a can of Foster's. It's a can of Foster's. Classy. And uh, he had a a little plastic bag with some more uh, beverages in. We were talking. And then 
going up the escalator, and it's quite a busy escalator as well. Mm-hmm. There was, I would say there were about 20, 30 people on this escalator. We were in the middle, and he started to sway. Uh-oh. And I thought, nah, I'll be all right. <laughs> like, like, time slowed down, because this was probably only three seconds. But I was like, now he'll be okay. But then he kept on falling towards me. I was on the, the step behind him. He fell down. I was like, oh, crap, because all of, all of his weight was on me, and his beer was leaking over my shoulder onto my jacket. So I grabbed both sides, like freaking Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2, firing off these webs to stop the big cut. Whip, the, whip, whip, yeah, whip. the train going off the, the side of the rails. And I hold onto the, the, the moving rubber bits mm. on, on the side of the escalator and I was gripping onto them but there's not much purchase there so I was gripping not, on as hard as I can they're not designed for that no and I had th- this guy's full passed out dead weight on me it wasn't passed out he was lost balance and I was just sliding oh. down the rubber and my hand I could feel my hands burning because of the friction there and I had to and then I started to fall into the sleepy guy sleepy guy doesn't know what's hit him he's just been woken up from like a a three second micro nap he starts to fall over too backwards we're all now falling over backwards effectively down moving stairs we were covering more stairs than we would have done if it was a normal flight and we all fall on top of each other I have to let go because the burns are so bad in my hands and this guy, like, we're just all laying on top of each other, and the guy's beer is just empty in itself. <laughs> I can just hear, I'm just down. People are yelling. Someone has hit the button that stops the escalator. I'm sandwiched between these two chaps. People are like, oh, like, you know, hating us. Oh, I'd imagine, Looking yeah. Looking at us like, what a bunch of idiots. Bear in mind, it's like, you know, it'd be half 12 at yeah. this point. You just want to get home. What you don't want is three drunken idiots falling down on an escalator because they'd had too many dances. I, I would say one of them. One of them was I, really drunk no, but, and fell. I know, but they don't see that. Yeah, I know, yeah. They just see three lads that have fallen over. Equal blame is spread across. And amongst all this scorn and people, very kind people trying to help us up, there is just that glug, glug, <laughs> glug, glug, and I can feel and smell all of this. It was a, it, it must have just been opened just, just before they got on the on the escalator. It was full and it was going all over me. Oh, and uh, yeah, it happened. And we got up, and the the poor guy who fell was so apologetic. And I'm just like, honestly, it's it's fine, it's fine. I'm going to bury you on the podcast. <laughs> but it's fine. These things happen. But he was mortified. And that made me feel oh, bad. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? He just spilled a whole beer <laughs> on YouTube's Ollie Davis. Yeah. So that was... You've got like 14,000 followers on Twitter. That was my fun journey home. It was funny. Yeah. It's for the lols, for the story. Absolutely, yeah. Say. Podcast material, mate. Uh, but that's all we've got time for today. Sorry we didn't get to any of your emails. We will try and power through some We had better stories. We had stories of our own. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to try and power through some of these emails over the next couple of episodes because I've got quite a backlog of them and I do want to get... I do want, I do, I want to read them out, so uh, we're going to get to them. And, I, and Fagadora and myself will read some out on the NXT uh, review as well, which is starting this week. Exciting. So we did mention... Um, uh, actually, we didn't because it was in the outro for the video, but uh, we did hit our 750 mark, as you'll have heard on Saturday's show. However... The Patreon snappers in effect, and we've now gone back down to six nine seven. So what we've decided is that we are going to continue. We are going to do the NXT reviews. We're going to start them this week, and we're going to do them for the month of uh, October because you know you guys have all backed us into to doing this. So that's good. Backed us in. <laughs> sounded, backed us it, into it, a it corner. Sounded worse when I said it out loud. 
Um, but you've backed us to be able to do this. So we're very happy to do that and I'm really excited to do them. But we're going to do it for a month and then see if we can get back to that 750 mark and keep it there consistently. So that's the, the new goal um, that we're aiming for this month. So please do head over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk and uh, give us a little, become a pledge hammer over there and help us do weekly NXT reviews on the reg. But that is all we've got time for today. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for the SmackDown review. I don't think anything has been advertised for it yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.